and welcome to the Exploring Excellence podcast, a show where I interview professional service leaders, innovators and client service stars on the importance of people delivering excellent services to drive business performance. I'm your host, Lynn Bromley. I'm an author, speaker, business consultant and the managing director of First Impressions Training. I've spent my whole career in professional services and a large part of it in finance and technology, so I'm a huge fan of all things techie. But I want to make sure that in a world where we're more connected than ever before and strangely more disconnected at a human level than ever before, we bridge that gap between tech and people. So sit back and enjoy the show while I introduce you to today's guest. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Exploring Excellence podcast. I'm here today with Managing Director of the HR Department for Warwickshire and Derbyshire, uh, Tracy Hudson. Hello. Hello, Tracy. Thank you for joining me. Um, So tell us what you do now. So um, I run three HR department offices. I've got one in Rugby, one in Kenilworth and another one in, in Belper in North Derbyshire. And what does the HR department do? We offer outsourced HR support services to local SMEs. Okay, and so tell us about your background. So what got you into what you do now? Um, honestly, I fell into HR. I didn't. I never intended to do HR. The modules that I did at university, the HR-related ones, were brilliant fun, and I thought, mm-hmm. I'll do that for a job. So that's the amount of planning that went into it. Um, and I worked in a couple of corporates and I, I did that bit, but actually all of my family run their own businesses. So that was always something that I wanted to do. I wanted to run my own business and I started the HR department and here we are. So how long have you been running the HR department? Um, it's going to be nearly 14 years. Wow. Mm. Gosh, that is a long time. <laughs> it is a long time. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so your business is totally focused on people. Yeah. So how important do you think it is to have great people who deliver a great service? Oh, well, it's particularly important for us. Um, it always takes me ages to recruit because I am really picky mm-hmm. um, and it drives the team mad, especially when we're really busy, but we just can't compromise. You know, it's not a bum on a seat type of industry. It's really important that we've got the right personalities, that somebody who is technically brilliant but has got um, the right people skills so that they can talk to our clients and our clients are so varied. You know, one day they could be talking to a farmer, the next day they're talking to a lawyer, and you've got to you've got to be able to have that skill to change how to change your communication depending on who you're talking to. So mm. it's it's pretty critical for us. Yeah. And tell us about the culture at the HR department. Oh, we work incredibly hard. We work very hard. It's a stressful job, um, and the team put up with a lot. We ninety percent of the stuff that we do is reactive stuff, dealing with problems with clients, dealing with clients who are really stressed. And so that can be really wearing sometimes. So we do work very hard, but we have a hell of a lot of fun as well. And, you know, we make sure that we spend a lot of time having fun. We'll go and celebrate achievements a lot. So when we've finished a big project or we've done something amazing or, um, you know, we'll go to awards nights or we'll just go and do, just have a day out and go and do something fun. Mm. Um, and that's really important because it just, just keeps us grounded and reminds us why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And we have fun with our clients, you know. I think sometimes people think, oh, HR, they stay away from them, they're a bit scary. But we do lots of social things with our clients and that's really important because 
at the same time we're building relationships with them so they trust us and that's mm. that's critical for us yeah and talking about achievements you yeah. recently won an award at the HR department <gasps> so did. tell us about that we did Derry Moran um she won rising star of the year um which oh, I'm so proud of her she's done so well so she joined us as an apprentice a few years ago and she has worked incredibly hard as they all do um, she's got qualified. She's now level five CRPD qualified. She has done so much in that time. I mean, that girl is fearless. She will just, you ask her to do anything. And whereas 90% of the population would go, oh gosh, no, no, I'm not ready. She'll just roll her sleeves up and do it. Um, Fantastic. She's done some really horrible things during that time. She's dealt with some really horrible cases and really messy things, but she's just took it in a stride and worked really hard and made sure she's doing everything properly and um, sometimes she hasn't got the confidence, but she hides that, mm. which is good. Um, the clients love her. She's fantastic. And and the great thing is we we recruit apprentices every year, mm-hmm. um, but she's so supportive of the team. And every new person that we bring in, she's actively helping them and making sure they're on the right track. And if they ever need anything, she'll spend time with people so that they know what they're doing you know so she's she's excellent she's great Mm. they all are oh fantastic (laughs) and that's a real testament to your recruitment process so when you said that the team sometimes think you're being a bit picky it's clearly it it obviously pays off because you are getting people then who are really making the grade and and doing a fantastic job and and I remember the judges saying that that was one of the reasons that they picked Derry for the award was the fact that she was giving back to the other apprentices it wasn't just that she'd made great strides herself it was the fact that she was also um, spending time supporting other people so that's that's fantastic and testament to to the hard work that you put in with her as well so brilliant brilliant all round um so what are what are some of the biggest people challenges that you see when you're obviously without breaching any (laughs) any confidentiality yeah what are some of the most common issues that you see when dealing with your clients through through people issues um I, i i think i think it keeps every case we've got whether it be in dealing with a long-term absence or a grievance case or a disciplinary issue, whatever it might be, it keeps coming back to the same thing, which is usually that it starts off as such a tiny issue. And if the communication had been right at the start, then it wouldn't have blown up into the size that it is. Now, sometimes you can't avoid it, but probably the majority of our cases are where managers maybe don't have the confidence because they're not sure what they're allowed to say. Mm. Um, And... Or it's just that relationship breakdown in some way. So, um, for example, you might have a female employee who's off sick and you'll have a male manager who, you know, will say, well, did you ask her why she was off? Oh, gosh, no. Am I allowed to? Oh, um, what can I say? What can I ask? And it's just having that confidence about knowing what to say. Yes. Um, And it's the same with um, a lot of grievances that we get. They are about colleagues. And we'll go in and investigate those grievances and actually find that there's been a lot of misinterpretation Mm. or there's something going on for that other person in their personal life so they're just a bit off with everybody and Mm. it's not you know it wasn't directed to that individual or it 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 always comes back to how well do people get on how well can people communicate Mm. and so we talk to clients about that a lot about Mm -hmm. you know managers should be asking they should care about why somebody's not Mm. there or if somebody's not performing it's okay to say I'm actually I'm not happy with how you've done X, Y, and Z. Or actually, target this month was 
whatever and you haven't achieved that can we have a conversation mm. about why that might be mm-hmm. people are so scared of asking those questions because yes. they're scared of getting it wrong um, and that's what we try and do is give managers confidence to to know that it's okay to ask mm. it's okay to start those conversations because yeah. then you can fix stuff yeah and by not talking about things means that actually it just explodes into this huge mountain that um, it's harder to come back from mm. Absolutely. And I I would agree. Excuse me. I've just come back from a holiday and I think I've caught some kind of lurgy. So excuse my my throat. Um, Some of the work that we do uh, often, even when we work with really great companies who do great things and on the outside look as though they're doing a fantastic job. When you scratch the surface and talk to the the employees, often it's communication is the biggest challenge that people have within an organisation. And trying to get that right is is a real challenge. And I think the bigger the organisation gets, the harder that can be as well. So sometimes the smaller organisations can can work around it because they do things like you've described, you spend time socialising and you all know each other really well but the larger an organisation gets and the more diverse they are so perhaps trying to find something that they can all do together is a bit more challenging then that just gets harder and harder doesn't it but that's really good advice is to clearly train the managers so that they know what they can and can't say um, so that it gives them that confidence to to be able to address things while they're a small little challenge rather than them becoming yeah. a major problem and and then needing to to perhaps go down some other route that they needn't have really gone down well exactly and when yeah. it's a small business mm. which most of our clients are yes if two people aren't getting on or there's mm. a bit of friction somewhere it just reverberates throughout the whole business yes so you've yeah. got to deal with these things quickly. Mm. Everybody yeah. knows about it, don't they? Yeah. Even if they think it's all happening behind closed doors, it somehow seems to sneak yeah. out and everybody knows about it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> Great. And one of the other questions I wanted to ask you mm. about is um, how digitisation is, is affecting your particular industry. So it's something we hear such a lot about. And I think people are concerned about the fact that AI seems to be taking over and people aren't going to have jobs and all this kind of thing. In, in the future so what impact have you seen on that both in your organization and also perhaps with some of the SME clients that you work with yeah. as well well personally I can't wait for the robots to take over <laughs> great give me more holidays <laughs> it's it's harder in our business obviously you can't yeah. automate a lot of what we do because it's mm-hmm. so you know it's people focused and it's relationship focused and mm-hmm. it's um, when you throw emotion into it, AI has got a long way to come, I think, before we can manage that. Definitely. Um, but in terms of digitisation, um, especially with GDPR coming in last yes. year, lots of people are changing. They're not having paper documents anymore, not having paper personnel files. Mm. They're putting things online. We're having self-service systems to mm. take pressure off managers, um, cut away that admin, those admin tasks. So that's really good from mm. that point of view. Most of our clients seem quite open to changes in that way and making Mm -hmm. things easier which is great the thing that we've noticed is communications changing so um, I mean obviously everybody's quite reliant on email but now it it seems to it it used to be the time of oh I'll pick up the phone and talk to them oh no the quickest way to get hold of them is just to just send an email so they'll see that straight away and now everybody's got hundreds of emails coming in every hour and so I've certainly noticed with clients, they change now. You know, if they want me directly, I'll get a text or I'll get a WhatsApp message or I'll, uh, you know, even on Facebook, every kind of social media messages through LinkedIn, it, there's, it's different ways of clients communicating with us, which mm. is actually quite nice. Mm. And more recently, in the last few months, particularly WhatsApp groups 
I've got clients who are setting up WhatsApp groups mm. and including us in there so that, you know, if there's three directors, for example, and we've all got to make a decision about something, we can all chat about it in a WhatsApp group mm. rather than emails flying around because people get nervous they're going to send it to the wrong place or yes. something like that. So it's mm. those sorts of things I think are, I think are brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Really good. Have you seen um, a deterioration in people wanting to pick up the phone um, and just use email as, a, as an alternative just because perhaps they're frightened of having that conversation now or do you see that as an issue? Yeah, I, I, well, you know, we're a really litigious society, mm. which is a real shame. Mm-hmm. And so with employees, you've got to back everything up. So mm. even when, you know, when, when staff are dealing with their employees, they'll have a conversation with them. And I think mostly they're prepared to just sit down and have a chat, especially mm. in a small business, because email is so impersonal. So it's more us saying to the managers, just make sure you follow it up with an email. So we've got a record. Mm. Because if anything goes wrong, you need to have your audit trail of the conversations you've had which is really sad, but that's the reality. Yeah. Um, but certainly, um, again, with people with being in a small business, sometimes you're all in the same office together, so mm. you can't just pick up the phone and talk to somebody about the person that's sitting next door to you. Yes. You know, so so quite often people will email and say, "Oh, I would have called, but can I just give you all this information?" Mm. Um, or they'll call us out of hours because yes. it's easier. I get my probably my busiest time is in the car on the way to work mm-hmm. and in the car on the way home because yes. <laughs> managers want to call between eight and nine before they get to the office yeah. and after five when they've left because yes. it's just they feel freer to have those conversations. Mm, mm. Um, but I think when you're talking about people, um, for our clients, they want to pick up the phone and talk to us yes. because it is so emotional. It's hard to put it in an email sometimes. Yes. So and I don't want that to go away. I don't mm. want everything to be on email. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Something I say to people is, you know, why send an email to a colleague? It's much better to get up and walk around the corner. Unless, as you say, it's something you need an email trail of or you need to copy lots of people for some reason. But actually spending that time face to face having a conversation is much more powerful than it is just firing off a quick email. And I think going back to your point about communication earlier, it can prevent a lot of those misunderstandings as well, because you just can't get the voice tonality, can you, in in an email? because people read it in their tone of voice rather than perhaps the yeah. one it was intended in. So I think if it's a, a quick conversation with a colleague, actually getting up from your desk and perhaps going around yeah. the corner and having a conversation is, is much better um, because you end up having chats about other things that then might be quite useful yeah. that you wouldn't have otherwise known if you'd just stayed at your desk. Yeah. So I've, I've had some interesting feedback myself on this point because I'm yeah. quite short and sharp in my emails just because I'm very efficient and you know <laughs> so I'm not very good at the hi how are you how are the kids how's your weekend how's the cat I heard it was sick all that sort of stuff I'm not very good at yeah. and so I'll get these lovely long emails from mm. either the team or sometimes clients with all of this detail and actually if the answer is a yes you can do that I just hit reply yes you can do that that's fine <laughs> and sometimes that can come across as quite brisk so I much prefer to talk to people because yes. then they know I'm not this evil person sitting behind my laptop who just can't be bothered to reply. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got to be careful with emails. And you have. We, we see so many grievances from mm. people who will write an email and I'll read it and think, oh, that's absolutely fine. And somebody else will read it and think, why has she said it to me like that? How mm. harsh does that look? Yes. 
Yeah, so you just again, don't know how people are going to take it. So you're absolutely yeah. right. And as you say, it's back to different communication styles as well. So yeah. people will have preferences about how they communicate. As you said, some people yeah. are very wordy in their emails, other people very succinct. And sometimes people will get offended by that when yeah. actually there was no offence meant at all. It's purely just their preference. And, yeah. and as you say, if you're busy, it's just firing off a quick yes rather than a nice wordy answer. Yeah. Some, sometimes what I know I'll do is if I'm busy, I'll do a quick yes yes, that's great, just dashing out, so excuse the short email. So, yeah. And then, you know, I'll go back later and... and... See, you're much more thoughtful than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, that's brilliant. Um, so both of us are, are giving our time freely today. Yeah. And so it would be great if, if our listeners would like to make a contribution to a charity that you support. So tell us about the, the charity that you'd like to, to put forward for people to make a donation to if they'd like to. Oh, I, I love Purple Community Fund. Mm. Um, they're a client of ours anyway. They do amazing work. Um, yeah, Google them and have a look because they do some amazing things and sell the most amazing things. You can buy these little gifts. Christmas, it's amazing. You can buy bags that they've made out of ring pulls and all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, Google them, have a look. They've got a great Facebook page as well. So um, have a look at them and see some of the amazing work that they do. Mm, fantastic, thank you. And if people would like to find out more about what the HR department does, where should they go to find out? Oh, they can come on our website, which is hrdeps.co.uk, um, or get in touch with me. Okay, and how do they do that? All the details are on the website, or I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm on Twitter, I'm everywhere. Facebook. <laughs> Brilliant. Or WhatsApp even. Or WhatsApp even, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Tracy. There's been some really valuable content in, in that session that I'm sure people will take a lot from. So thank you very much. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed recording that episode with Tracy and I hope you enjoyed listening to it too. I think she was so generous with her advice that she gave and I particularly enjoyed her advice about recruitment uh, and about being picky, about making sure that you get the right person and not compromising on the skills that you need, both the technical skills but also the people skills required for the, the job that you're recruiting for. Um, she also talked about making sure that you deal with issues while they're small, so don't let them fester. Make sure you address them while they're just a small issue and they can easily be handled rather than allowing them to get swept under the carpet and then they, they end up being much bigger issues that might need more, um, more help with dealing with them. And I was thrilled to be able to, to bump into both Tracy and also Derry, who recently won one of the Service Excellence Awards for Rising Star. I was one of the co-organisers of the Service Excellence Awards that we ran in the Midlands this year. And it was a fantastic event and we're planning on hosting our second event next year um, in March. So look out for details on that. Um, I'm going to be recording these episodes just monthly initially because, being completely honest, I've no idea how much time and effort these are going to take up. So I'm going to start with monthly and it might well mean that they, they go to bi-monthly um, at some point as well. So we'll see how they go. I'd love your feedback on what you've enjoyed about the, the podcast today. And if you have any thoughts around who you would like me to interview from a, a professional services background, then please let me know. If you'd like to find out more about me or First Impressions, then you can do that over at our website, which is firstimpressions.uk.com. And I'll look forward to seeing you again on the next episode. Thank you. Bye bye.